You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. Hi, this is Justin here speaking for the Archaeology Podcast Network. Across the table from me is Rob Lennox. Uh, I am a policy and uh, communications advisor for the Chartered Institute for Archaeologists. Wonderful. So this is a CIFA event. And this is a CIFA world, uh, so to speak. This conference has been really actually quite cool. Um, is there anything that stands out to you out of the conversations you've had that really, for you, sums up what this conference seems to be about? Oh, interesting question. Um, yeah, I mean, I think um, I've been a CIFA member of staff for a couple of years. Um, so this is, I think, probably my third conference as a member of CIFA staff. And I've attended several before that since arriving into the, um, uh, into the, into the profession of archaeology. Um, and I think being a CIFA member of staff at CIFA conference is a really, is well, it's one of the most valuable opportunities that I have, particularly as someone who doesn't have a background in archaeology explicitly, to meet a variety of people from ROs, from different specialisms, um, as well as you know all of the great stuff that happens in the session. So I think I think that's that's what's really valuable for me is is uh, understanding the breadth of the profession, um, which I get from from being here at conference and speaking to people. There are a lot of questions to be had within archaeology as a whole, and it's often difficult to see what the answers are. How do you think? How do you think we can move forward when it comes to bridging the gap between academic archaeology and commercial archaeology? Is there a gap there, or is that gap kind of in our minds? Um, yeah, well, okay, I'm, I'm a, a, a doctor. I've got my PhD from the University of York. Um, I consider myself to be an academic. Um, I uh, am also working for the Professional Institute in an advocacy capacity, working to influence government on behalf of commercial archaeologists and um, the wider profession. And, and, and yes, I think there is a gap. But I don't think it is total. I think that um, there are a number of uh, academic archaeologists here at the conference. There's a lot of people who have academic roots. I continue to, to, to uh, at least have an aspiration to publish, even if it's, it's perhaps not as, uh, uh, as quick as, I, as I, I'd like it to be. Um, and I think that um, this conference has much more to offer academics than perhaps there is a perception of. And so at the conference, um, I would like to think that it is a, this is a great space for that, that uh, divide to be bridged. And indeed, our, our session today was, was focused on that precisely as one of the, one of the, the key issues. Uh, that was the reconnecting archaeology one, wasn't it? Was there anything else that highlighted out of that? What were the conversations like? You know, um, is there any particular thing that really just stood out as an example? Uh, I thought it, I thought the session went really well. Um, I think there were a couple of standout papers for me, and that's um, uh, with, with the second half of the session where people sitting at the back of the room um, listening to Neil Redfern from Historic England uh, giving his personal reflections on um, the post-PPG-16 world of development-led archaeology um, uh, and uh, how 
that has almost become a straitjacket for um, us as a sector in defining what we do and what we're limited in doing. Um, and I think that is an extremely valuable um, thing to be exploring as we look towards the next 25 years for, for the archaeology sector. Um, particularly if you think about what was happening in the late 80s in the UK, before PPG 16, before we had a, a true commercial archaeology sector as we, as we take for granted now, people were thinking about how to overcome the problems that the sector faced or that the discipline faced um, in the era of rescue archaeology. Um, we might be looking down the barrel of a change to the paradigm in the next 20 years, probably. Um, as Neil was saying and as Mark Spanier was saying in the session as well, the law isn't absolute, it changes and policy changes and situations change. And I think what we need to be doing as a sector is finding a vehicle um, through which we can um, define what's next. So I've had some really interesting conversations about what that might be, um, whether there is to be a, uh, a change to development-led archaeology. Could we have, instead of a developer paying for the archaeology, polluter pays for their own sites, could there be a levy system um, for, uh, uh, for all developers? Um, that can fund any kind of, of archaeology. That's an interesting idea that could be explored. It would give us interesting opportunities to talk about public benefit and the wider ranges of things. Something else brilliant from this conference from yesterday was um, Jenny Williams's paper in the Who's Archaeology session. Absolutely fantastic, emotional um, uh, uh, paper about uh, how to connect with, with um, uh, diverse audiences. And uh, some of the anecdotes she told were, were fantastic. And we're not enabling those through the current system. And I think that it's important that we have the vehicle to talk about how we do that better. I just want to finally and quickly uh, talk very briefly about, you were saying about policy and how the legislation can change. It was commented on in the opening address that um, CIFA was being criticised for uh, drawing undue attention to heritage. And I just want to know, what does CIFA do when it comes to fighting our corner? Because l let's be honest here, we have to fight that corner. I think that's one of the things that's been very apparent to me uh, throughout this whole conference is we need to define our purpose and we need to really stop navel gazing, in my opinion. And we need to really fight for the right to dig. And... What is CIFA doing in that regard to policy? Well, what are, what are we doing? Uh, because we're obviously doing the right thing if we're getting blamed for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, so um, a core part of CIFA's role um, is to uh, represent the archaeology and the archaeology sector to government and to other stakeholders, uh, whether they be the client sectors, um, uh, other, other, other national bodies, the, the, the um, other professional institutes. Um, and uh, we do this uh, every day of the week. 
virtually. We write briefings for politicians, we provide consultation responses, we're working behind the scenes with personal contacts in the government and in other organisations to, to, to put our concerns across and to um, provide evidence that shows how and why we think that archaeology should be protected by the law and by policy, how we can contribute to agendas um, as wide as, as planning reform, uh, health and well-being um, and all of those things CIFA has a responsibility to do for the sector. I think what um, my uh, my colleague Tim Howard was saying in the opening address about undue attention being brought to archaeology, I think that he was he was trying to say that as a um, uh, as praise for what we do, um, i.e. when we talk about planning reform, archaeology is a very small part of the planning process um, uh, and uh, yet when we speak as a sector uh, uh, through CIFA and through other organisations, uh, we get quite a lot of um, uh, uh, support, shall we say, so, so he may have been referring to um, specific instances where we've, we've, we've been able to generate a lot of response from the sector over the last 18 months. Recent rescue rescue letter about um, uh, the, the potential to impact environmental principles after Brexit uh, gained a lot of publicity um, for, for certain uh, uh, discussions in Parliament. In the previous year we did the same. Members of the archaeological community standing up to say this is really important, and uh, and CIFA going in um, above those uh, those those members of the profession to speak to government and to make sure that we do our very best to protect what we've got and seek new opportunities to do things better. Thank you very much. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archpodnet.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.